The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. Um, where are you? Well, um, my wife and I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ah. Yeah, we, we've lived here for a little over eight years now. I'm actually originally from Kansas City, Missouri. So we've just kind of, I don't know, over the last 10 years, just made our way further and further north. So eventually we'll probably end up in Canada the way that we're going, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, uh, quidin, uh, quidin, what the hell was I trying to say? There's a coincidence. Uh, I, I did another um, recording earlier today and um, we're trying to, do this French pronunciation of something. Oh, wait, no, no, no. What was it? Yeah, we started talking about pronunciations, and um, we both live in Nevada, and we're saying, it's like, oh, yeah, a lot of people say Nevada or whatever, but, yeah, the people in the know are saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, technically, if you're trying to say it like the Spanish origin, Nevada, then that's okay. And say, well, you know, people don't do that. Like, like uh, as we all learned from Wayne's world, Miliwakay. That's right. From the, uh, the Algonquin word, I believe is from if i can remember the movie right <laughs> the the good land yes, i think yes. we, pro- we have probably half a dozen shirts since we moved up here that have milwaukee the good land on them <laughs> it's just funny i mean you know if you walk around most places that sell like you know i guess milwaukee themed t-shirts it's it's just about a majority of them say milwaukee the good land mm-hmm. <laughs> then on the back it should say this guy knows how to party <laughs> That's right. Or, or does this guy know a party or what? <laughs> Welcome to Season 5, Episode 11 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. I am your host, Brandon, and today we're talking about the Yield track in hiding, and my guest for this journey is Chris Thomas. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. How about you? Uh, not bad. All right. It's uh, yeah. good we're, we're trying to stay sane out there, I guess. Yeah, uh, we've got this uh, Stone Gossard uh, music and Eddie lyric written song here to talk about. But first, before we do that, uh, this is your first time on the show, so I'm I'm handcuffed, and I have to ask you: When did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Well, I first heard of Pearl Jam in the early '90s, but I can't say I really got into them then. Um... And I think the first time I might have really heard them. Do you remember when Adam Sandler did Opera Man oh, on yes. SNL? Oh <laughs> man, he was he would plug it, you know, Pearl Jam left and right. And I know he did Even Flow in one of his segments, but Um, that's when I heard about them, but 
I didn't really get into them until about 10 years after that. So I, I think 2002 is when I really started to get into them. And I had a friend of mine that I went to college with. His name was Brian. And he was a huge fan. And we were working together. And he would, you know, bring in, you know, Pearl Jam to listen to as we were working. And I just got hooked. I mean, I, I went and started buying their discography and just... Um, and this is a common thing for me is that I, I'll, I'll find a band that I really didn't um, get into. I, I, I just binge listen to bands is what I do, and this happened to be them. And I, I have not become hooked to any other band um, other than them doing that. So, yeah, since 2002, um, it doesn't sound like that long ago, but I guess it's like, what, 18 years? <laughs> um, so, but... Yeah, I I just um yeah, I, I I got really into Yield. That was actually the the one that really I I clung on to when I was going through their discography at my early stages of fandom and and listened to it just constantly. It was it was my favorite. Um and this song being on it was always a song that I look forward to very much on the back back end of the album. Was um your friend or whatever who was that? You said Brian that was playing it when you heard it? Yeah, Brian. Well, he was just, he would just bring in Pearl Jam, but I would, you know, and that just got me to start buying, buying Pearl Jam's um, catalog. Oh, okay. And, and I would just, I, I just constantly listened to it. I mean, I, but yeah, I, I mean, Yield was the one that I, I probably played the most um, in that first, you know, couple years of me getting to know them and in hiding is, is definitely a song that I, I loved and I always, appreciated where it was at in the album because the one thing i like sometimes about pearl jam is that they'll they'll have a a song near the end of the album that kind of hooks me and and keeps me listening the whole time Mm -hmm. so i always knew that in hiding was coming up and that would you know keep my attention on yield but um but yeah i mean it it was just he kind of he kind of lit the put the fire underneath me and then I just I took it and ran with it and and now yeah I I, I own all their studio albums on CD and I just started collecting vinyl not too long ago and I'm, I'm trying to trying to do that as well but you know just getting to know this band too that's the one thing I really enjoyed is that there's just so much to learn about them these guys are just they're so interesting their music is just so deep and there's just so many different um, things that you can discover. And then the, the thing that I love the most here in the last couple of years and getting in touch with the podcast community is it's gotten me rethinking um, a lot of songs that I didn't really give a chance before. Yeah. Doing this, it's kind of, uh, you know, things like, okay, yeah, I have in my mind, it's kind of like, okay, I think of 10 like this. I think of verses like this. I think of itology like this. And then, you know, re-listening to everything to, get ready to talk to people and stuff. It's like, man, like really, even the stuff that's kind of, eh, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And a lot of that stuff that I thought was, eh, now I'm starting to, you know, rediscover and, and love, you know, what, what was interesting too, is I, I thought yield as my favorite album. I thought I was in the minority of that mm-hmm. um, until I started, you know, getting more in touch and, and talking to more people um, after, you know, 
emailing um, single podcast theory in the porch. Um, and now finding out that, wow, I'm not the only one. A lot of people love Yield. A lot of people love No Code. And those are my two favorite albums. So, um, and, and talking more about just how others appreciate those albums and the particular tracks has really uh, rekindled a lot of, a lot of things for me. Yeah. I think like some of the, uh, the people who might not be too fond of probably some of their later albums and stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, like riot act or, um, lightning bolt backspace or something like that. I, I think it's, you know, if you probably listen to it a little bit more, like as much as you listen to, you know, 10 on repeat or whatever like that, yeah. that you'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do like this a little bit more. It, it's, it's getting its hooks into me a little bit more just from drilling it into my head, I guess, <laughs> than just oh, sort yeah. of listening it, listening to it and then, you know, throwing it away and then going back to, uh, uh, the other stuff I like. Oh yeah. I mean, just hearing someone else's opinion and then all of a sudden it's like, man, I didn't think about that. And then you listen more closely to it and it's like, wow. Then all of a sudden you just, you, you have a whole new appreciation. I mean, actually there was a lot on Riot Act that I don't think I appreciate as much then as I do now mm-hmm. as an example. So um, yeah, no, just talking to other fans more now has been, it, it's just, it's continued to, to, you know, shed new lights on things. And again, the thing that I love so much is that I constantly learn new things about Pearl Jam or discover things that I, I didn't enjoy, um, you know, in my previous 18 years of fandom or whatever. Yeah. It's everybody, everybody has their own little bits of knowledge or like a, uh, yeah. everybody's like a, uh, a little piece of the hard drive where not everybody can know everything but you know we get enough people around and we've got the whole entire picture yeah no it's just just hearing one person say i really enjoyed that um song it will say and and you think man i never really liked it and then they tell you why and it just it makes you reconsider it um so then let's let's talk about this song then i don't know if there's uh anybody who doesn't really like this i think this is one (laughs) of the um Maybe not the uh, because this wasn't a single or it's it's not like yeah. a standout track, but I think it's one of the uh, sort of little hidden gems in it that most people be like, oh yeah, this is this is uh, this is one of the good ones that's on it that not a lot of people talk about, even though everybody's saying that. Then so really, everybody is sort of talking about it. Yeah, I feel like they do. It, you know, something that's interesting is they really haven't played it live as much as I thought they would. Yeah, given the popularity, but you know, it's like you talk to any other Pearl Jam fan, like this is high up on the list. It feels like, and I love the song just because of all the backstory to it, and then the lyrics just continue to um, cut more deeply to me as I I spend more time with the song. Yeah, so this was a uh, a song that Stone had recorded a little demo on on a uh, micro cassette recorder. If we all remember back on uh, single video theory, I'm talking about that. And uh, I guess the uh, original title for that was morning song. I did not know that. Yeah. Hey. And then uh, he uh, kept playing it and wore everybody down. And was like, come on guys, <laughs> let's do this. Let's make this a song. And they worked on it and they, and they got it. And uh, Oh, Oh, if you're, if you're following along with your, uh, with your yield album liner notes, you're going to find the, uh, the picture 
You're going to find the little yield sign in the bottom right-hand corner. There's like four rocks in a row, like a white rock and then three sort of darker rocks. And it's the uh, that last little one, a third one, a third dark one. The one at the very end is the, uh, I guess, is the yield sign on it. That's good to know. I hadn't found that one yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta have all these facts because that's the, that's, that's, that's the <laughs> aim of this podcast, I guess. Try to, try to get all the stuff yeah. on there. And, um, also if you're looking at the liner notes, you're not going to see any lyrics on it. Um, you're just going to see a, um, line. Where is it? I wrote it down. Uh, four days alone with nothing emerged empowered. And then you're going to have a, uh, a Bukowski quote. Uh, the first human face you see will knock you back 50%. Interesting. I guess uh, Sean Penn sort of uh, was talking to Eddie about the way Bukowski would uh, work at times where he would remove himself from humanity and just sort of lock himself up alone and then come out once his uh, come out to renew his will to live once again, as he would put it. Yeah. And didn't. Didn't Eddie try and mimic something like, cause he went on, what was it? A four day speech fast. Like he didn't talk. Ooh, I didn't know that. Um, for four days in a row. Yeah. I, I found something like that. I guess he was, he was trying to get in that mindset when he was, I don't know if he was doing that when he was trying to write the lyrics on top of Stone's music, but yeah, I, I found something saying it took him a little bit of time to actually get his voice back after that. They, this is a weird little song as well, because uh, the first time that people heard it played was on a Monkey Wrench radio broadcast. January 31st, 98, but the first time in concert people heard it was at the February 20th show in uh, Hawaii, uh, where they also debuted Faithful and MFC. Yeah, I actually just pulled that up a a couple hours before this and and watched it and listened to it. It's, they sound great. It's it's interesting because... um, I don't know what prompted this, but like after the song, Eddie, for some reason, goes over and kicks the mic stand over into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, too. Um, you know, and again, they've only played it 93 times live. I guess if you count the Monkey Wrench um, performance and that's less times than MFC and Wishlist and Brain of Jay. I wouldn't have thought that. This always seemed like it'd be a song that would be a mainstay in, in the set list. I th- I think it probably has to do with the uh, with the vocal range that uh, is in the song, just because of the chorus. And I I don't know lately when they've when they've busted out a couple of times if if how hard Eddie tries or if he just gives it to the audience or something because 
I don't know if after all that, that drinking and smoking, if he can, uh, if he can get that high again at that, uh, at that hiding. Yeah. The one time I saw this live, he, he gave it over to the crowd. So I, um, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. as we were saying aren't in the uh aren't in the liner notes they have it up online though and i don't know if it's just because i've been listening to it and had my own idea about the lyrics for so long or if uh maybe eddie has a couple different versions that he uh had when he uh handed it over to the people who made the website and said uh yeah this is the lyrics but they don't really match up in a couple parts. Which parts are those? In the pre-chorus, when he says, uh, you know, I swallow my words to keep from lying. And then uh, on the website, it says, I swallow my face just to keep from biting. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was, I swallow my, f- I swallowed my fist just to keep from biting. if that's hmm. just the way that I heard it or if um, maybe I saw him live and one of the times that I've seen him live do it I've seen him like shake his hand or something like that maybe and so I thought it's like oh he's, he has his hand and it's a fist and so yeah. you know it's no, kind of he does that quite a bit he'll, he'll kind of ad lib according to the situation he's in whenever they're you know live and then uh, further on in the uh, in that first pre-chorus he says uh and on the website, he says it says I surfaced when all of my pen wasn't writing. And I was listening to it again. It's kind of like oh, I surfaced when all of my pen. Okay, maybe he's saying pen there wasn't. And then I hear a. Whoa. I hear an obvious L there, and it's like that's that's the enlightened part. That's, yeah, that's or 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 lighting or something like that. Because it's like there's that's not a that's not an R sound. That's not a writing sound in there. And that's you know I actually didn't see that line until just before we got on. I, I don't know why I always overlooked that line, but you know I mean, and that probably you know describes Charles Bukowski to a T right there. But yeah, I I hadn't noticed that until. Till you know, a couple hours ago, because I I, I I always thought that it was you know when all of my pain was enlightened. That's how I heard it too. Yeah, and then um, when uh, when they repeat the uh, the pre-chorus at the end of the song on the website, it says, "I surfaced and all around me was enlightened." And he says and. All of my being was enlightened. And I wonder why it's different. That's that's interesting. And that's uh, that's also the way they have it in the uh, in the Pearl Jam anthology guitar book too. Yeah, but I, I know that um, going back to to uh, Bukowski, which uh, all I really knew of him was, you know, I worked with books for a long time, so I was like, okay, yeah, Bukowski books. And then I also had a uh, a poetry class in college that I took and. That, that's what the cool kids are reading. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all about Bukowski. We're all about, you know, this hardcore 
stuff, whatever. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm not that cool. I just listen to Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where I get my poetry from, man. That's right. Eddie Vedder, he, he, he's my poet. Yeah. But, um, like, he would say some, uh, like, about writing, um, going back to the, I surfaced when all of my pen wasn't writing uh, line, he would say, mm-hmm. um, people would ask him, well, you know, how do you, what's your process and everything like that? And he said, and it's even on his, um, on his grave is don't try, which he would say uh, to people, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you can't try to write. You got to wait for the inspiration to hit you. And then, you know, you, you, uh, you let it loose and let it go crazy. And, you know, something, something like that along those lines. Something because, you know, if you, if you try to, if you try to force it or whatever, you know, you're not going to get something true or honest or whatever those real arty types uh, uh, like to say. Uh, I wonder, I mean, I don't know how exactly how Eddie writes his lyrics. I mean, does he, wait till the time's right. Um, is that what he did on this song? Well, if you're saying that he, you know, he was trying to take a four day, you know, speaking fast that can, that can go with, along with it as well. You know, just kind of wait until you, you just can't hold it anymore. And then, you know, what you have is going to be, I don't know, more, more pure, less diluted or something. It's going to have to be a whole lot stronger, come out with more force than something you've been throwing around all the time. No, I mean, I, this, the lyrics to this song are some of my favorite lyrics to any Pearl Jam song. I mean, it just, I don't know, they're they're just so personal to me. And it just seems like he, it seemed like he, he took quite a bit of time just to, to really decide what he wanted to say here. So it, it could have been that, that he, he was waiting for the right time. And, and again, I don't know how often he does that, but, but yeah, I just, I love the lyrics to this song. Um, what is it about the lyrics that, um that you get from this that really connects with you then that uh, makes this one of your, your go-tos, I guess. Yeah, I guess from, from my standpoint, um, you know, a lot of times I'll get, sometimes I'll get anxious in the moment if I feel like there's just too much coming at me at once. And it's just like, you need to just kind of stop back up, you know, take time to yourself and then assess the situation and, and come back to it, you know, rather than continuing to just put your head down and, and try and uh, get through it. I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, whether it's emotionally or if it's, you know, if you're from your work, uh, just taking that, that approach of, you know, okay, hold on. We're clearly putting the, the cart in front of the horse here. Take a step back, you know, and that, that's always what helps me is that I'll, I'll, typically I have to shut myself in a room and I'll just, you know, I love to just be around whiteboards and just start, you know, writing whatever's in my head. Or, you know, I, I use mind maps quite a bit um, in my job and, you know, the, the dork that I am, I, I mind mapped a bunch of facts of this song, <laughs> but, you know, but that's what I do. I just, you know, it's, it's not continuing to, to, you know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and expecting the same result. It's just, you got, you have to, you have to take, take a step back. And if it is emotionally, you have to take time to yourself. Um, Cause you do have to make sure that, you know, you and yourself are well before you can actually help others. And that's just how it, it resonates with me. What are some of those, those, those facts that you have? On, on your mind map have we touched them all or yeah 
you've you've touched on quite a few. Um, I, I had some really obscure fact here. Oh yeah, let's let's bust that out. Oh, so apparently, you know the, the show Cold Case. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they used it. Uh, it was featured in the episode "The Long Blue Line." Hmm. Um, I, I'm not a Cold Case fan, but <laughs> it kind of <laughs> makes me want to go back and watch it now. <laughs> But yeah, and then the other thing that I, I actually wrote about this previously is that um, it's not necessarily about the song, it's more about Bukowski, is that there was actually a, a movie, I guess a semi-autobiography about him called Barfly mm-hmm. in 1987, um, where Mickey Rourke essentially played him with a character at a different name. Mm-hmm. But um, if I have any other obscure facts here that we have, other than I guess it also reached the uh, the Billboard the Billboard tracks here, even though it wasn't a single. Yeah, I think it wasn't an official single, and but I think that they had yeah. promo versions for uh, radio stations uh, circulating around because I remember because um, I remember hearing it on the radio back in the day as well. Yeah, um, it, it does kind of lyrically kind of. Um, have another connection, I guess, to Bukowski too, if, uh, sort of, uh, you know, just trying to, the theme of, uh, him trying to lock himself away from people and everything like that until he has, you know, something to say or whatever to try to get it all pent up or whatever, you know, just like, uh, lock in the front door, pull the curtains down, and then you kind of, uh, get into the alcohol, I believe, aspect of it. And, you know, I'd stay, but my last tab left me, you know, ignored all my rounds, you know, soon I was seeing visions and cracks along the walls. They're upside down because, you know, fall down drunk or whatever. Yeah, because, I mean, to go back to the movie, I mean, the the premise was uh, Bukowski's time in L.A. where I guess he was, he was, you know, basically an alcoholic and he even highlighted some, I guess, uh, the green horn was the bar he went to all the time. But that's that's the part of his life, I guess, the movie focuses on. Yeah, I would always get, uh, I would see, I remember when I was young and I would see like the videotape or whatever said like Barfly on him, like what's like not, not knowing what bar, fl- what a bar fly was, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of like, what does that have to do with like a house fly? <laughs> and he's like, what is... well, yeah, if you, if you look at it, I think it's all one word. So if you, if you don't. You can, you can actually think of it as barfly if you're not yeah, like yeah. thinking of barfly. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> I'm feeling barfly today, but yeah, I um, you know that that paragraph that you just said about you know it stayed with my last tab left me. I mean that that seems to be describing Bukowski in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I guess one more thing maybe to say about the lyrics and, and how is it describing about you know taking care of yourself before you can take care of others. I mean I, I think. You know, recently I had things happen in my life to where I finally started dealing with, I I think, you know, depression and anxiety is something I've dealt with for most of my life. And I finally took some real steps toward it a couple years ago. And I, it's, it's been one of the best things I've ever done for myself. And it's now allowed me, I think, to, um, you know, be a better person to family, to my wife, and then also um, at my work. Just, I, you know, it's something I wish I had done earlier in my life. And again, I, I encourage anyone who is feeling that way or going through that and, and need, feels like they need help. It, it's, it's worth it. Every bit of it is worth it because 
you really can't be your best for someone else until you've you've dealt with you know whatever personal struggle that you're going through and that's really where i saw this and especially when you know i swallowed my breath and went deep i was diving i was diving i mean this this felt like you know for the first 36 years of my life and then you know i finally you know like i said took those steps and now i feel like i've i finally surfaced and and that's why the the song stays with me um so personally yeah it's you know it came out in 98 and i was just done with high school and you know mm-hmm. starting to to be an adult and live life on my own and all that other sort of stuff and you know just I'd always trying to think that um you know everybody's got different personalities and stuff like that so you know there's some people who you know are are introverted there's some people who are extroverted there's some people who you know are naturally happy and there's some people who are just uh really depressed and super down on the dumps uh all the time and life just sucks and that's just the way it is and that's the way you have to be or whatever and you know i i I don't know maybe sometimes you try to 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 get yourself out you try you try to um do what you can to to get better to feel better and sometimes you're just kind of like oh no this is the way i am and you know if you're if you're um into art or something like that you sometimes think it's like oh well you know this just means i'm a real artist and i'm gonna speak the truth and everything and i gotta i gotta go deep into this to try to mine the uh the inspiration for it or whatever like that and you know you're you're hiding from the real world you're hiding from the realizations of of um you know the fact that this is just a misfiring of brain chemicals and everything and it's not really the way you're supposed to be or the way that you you have to be and there's you know there's thoughts that you can try to reframe or you know sometimes you got to get on the medication and you know, that's, that's just the way it is because, you know, some people are diabetic and, you know, they got to be on medication. They got to do stuff, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's just a happenstance and it's not anything yeah. that's really, um, ethically or spiritually wrong with you or anything like that. It's just, you know, your weird meat machine brain, you know, going weird. No, I, I think for most of my life, you know, I thought, you know, it's not like I have cancer or it's not like I have, you know, any type of really bad disease, but I mean, it, it's still, and, and really to try and, and say one thing is worse than the others, I don't think is something that anyone should be doing. It's, you know, we've all got our personal struggles and other people do too. And it's important to listen to one another and be there for one another. But, you know, I would always think that, you know, this really isn't that important to, to actually, you know, let's say, yeah, go get help or get medication. And for me, it took something traumatic to happen before I finally did it. But I, I'm glad that I did. So it, it's, it is a serious thing. And it is something that you can, you can um, deal with and do things about. And um, I encourage anyone out there who feels that way to, to try to do so. Yeah, it's it's uh, it feels a whole lot better. <laughs> it does. It does. You, and, you know, even even taking a small step and being on that path is sort of like, oh, you know, I can leave that behind me, and you know, I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm walking forward now, and so I'm I'm on this path, and you know, even though I, no matter how far I still have to go, it's one step further out of the uh out of the forest than just hanging out in it 
No, and, and, you know, the path is going to continue on, too. I've, it's not like, you know, I, I've constantly had to, I guess, progress in, in what I do to manage it. You know, it's just help yourself. You're allowed to help yourself. It's, it's okay. You're not being selfish. It, it, it's so important because you, I don't think that you can be your best self for others if you're not taking care of yourself in that aspect. And then um, going on with the uh, the lyrics some more, when he gets the um, the uh, third verse, um, you know, it's been about three days now since I've been aground. Sometimes you just feel in a pit or whatever with, with depression and everything like that and no longer yeah. overwhelmed. It seems so simple now. Of course, live, he'll say it'll seem so yeah. fucking simple now, which, yeah, you know. No, you, 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 you want to isolate yourself, and it's because you... You feel so overwhelmed and, you know, a lot of, for me, is decision-making becomes really difficult. So it's, in a, in a lot of ways, it's just that you're, you're not able to do anything. But then all of a sudden, you know, if you if you are able to help yourself or, or maybe, you know, whatever, you, you, you come out with, it's funny when things change so much, it's all state of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really, th- that and the, and the last chorus, I mean... Are, are the is my favorite part of the lyric again what I, I i take i take so personally when i when i read the lyrics and i hear the song yeah it's and if, if you've been going through something and then you're coming out of it or whatever it's like oh my gosh like you have maybe a realization it's like all i had to do was this or start doing this and you know it does seem so simple and you know it's it is all state of mind and you know language plays a huge part into how the thoughts in your head exist you know and if he if you know you have trouble thinking about that it's like well you know there are cultures and everything that didn't have a concept of zero and you know if you don't have that in your language how are you going to have that as a thought you know how are you going to think that something can exist if you don't have a word for it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and this song can apply a lot too with everything going on around us. Um, you know, the pandemic has, has kept a lot of people isolated right now. And this song just speaks a lot to me in so many ways right now at, at the point I am in my life. And it's also helped me get out of some emotional darkness because it's, it's just kind of an anthem. I mean, once you get to the end of the song, it's like you were saying, Ed has to hit a certain register when he's when he's mm-hmm. you know singing and I'm in hiding at the end. I mean, you're you're letting out so much stress and anxiety if you if you try to hit the register with him, which I can't do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like you're building up to that, and it's just like you know, it's just this big release of. Of whatever you're feeling, yeah. It, um, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a, a a super musical expert guy, but I'm not sure if it is an octave or it's almost an octave. He has to jump up. Let me see if my yeah. book can show me. Yeah, it's a little bit more than an octave, I believe. Wait, no, it's not. One, two, three, four notes. Oh, that's not, that's it? Oh, come on, Ed. You could do that. <laughs> yeah, come on, 92 times. Oh, <laughs> that's an excuse. <laughs> you know, the other thing I like, you mentioned single video theory. Um, 
it's interesting when you watch it it's almost like they they prop up this song because they the camera angles and you know they kind of have like the quadrants of like you know jack yeah. and mike and stone and jeff they don't do that for any other song like they don't really put on like the theatrics that they do for in hiding i i found that really interesting uh re-watching single video theory i think that it's because they kind of had this in mind as like the sort of unofficial fourth single from it. Cause you know, they, they did it with, you know, wish list and given to fly and do the evolution. They pretty much had the whole songs for those. And then they had it for in hiding as well. So I don't know if they, if they sort of like, like, ah, we're not going to put out any more singles. You know, we don't have any more B sides we want to put onto it. Or if they just kind of wanted to move on after that. Yeah, maybe. And I, I can't remember when Jack left the band. I don't know if the transition period from Jack to Matt had anything to do with it. But but yeah, it just, I mean, when you when you think about it from a fan standpoint, it just seems like such a mainstay. Um, but it really is, in a lot of ways, a deep cut. I mean, I, I appreciate that a lot, knowing that fan to fan, we love the, you know, most of us, I think, enjoy this, love this song so much. But you know, definitely someone who, who knows a little bit about Pearl Jam may not know this song very well. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those sort of second tier, not not like super deep cuts, but I think it's like those second tier sort of songs mm-hmm. that is, you know, not not as not a single single. Then it's like, oh, you know, if you have the albums, if you listen to to them and it's kinda of like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Song. And maybe maybe it's also because it's so late on the album. I don't know how people listen to yield. I mean, what really got me hooked on yield was actually brain of Jay and faithful. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, they just come out with brain of Jay and then they kind of die down at the beginning of faithful and then they pick up again. But that's like my first, that's my favorite one, two out of any, any of their records. And that's what initially got me hooked to yield. And like I said earlier, just knowing that in hiding is on the horizon keeps me hooked for the entire track list. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was, it was, well, I don't know. Nope, I don't got anything right there. <laughs> I started talking. It's like, wait, nope, I didn't have anything. Well, there is, I, I don't know if this this is kind of like an opinion fact. So uh, Rolling Stone, I think a couple of years ago, came out with this 15 insanely great Pearl Jam songs only hardcore fans know. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that website? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I've they ranked this at nine. Yeah, so... The way in which I guess Rolling Stone is is phrasing it, only hardcore fans know. But again, I, I didn't think the song you know just we talked about was really that deep of a cut. Oh yeah, I mean the hardcore fans is gonna be like, oh you know, there's that improv from that one show. It's like okay, yeah, that's you know that's that's the hardcore. It's like oh yeah. you know the uh, that one unreleased demo from the, the you know the uh, the avocado sessions. There's oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, evil little goat. Oh yeah, we all, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. might be kind of that. That might be sort of the 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 outer edge of hardcore. Yeah, but you know, if if you if you have the albums, if you if you stopped listening after you know Yield or whatever, then you're kind of like, oh yeah, 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 I would know that. I think if someone came up to me and were like, hey, I I like to listen to more Pearl Jam, what would you suggest? You know, if I had a list of ten songs, I this would definitely be on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just yeah, it's just a great song. One of the things I like about this is that musical sort of. Um, I believe it's after the. Uh, Ooh, I think it's after the third verse where they're kind of 
Oh, the bridge? No, 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 not the bridge. No, no, not the bridge. Not the bridge. But the second part where it just or... kind of like um, okay circles around like that one note. It just kind of like holds on a little bit longer. It's like dun 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 dun. You know, just kind of. I know what you're talking. Yeah, just kind of building up and. This is a song just sort of about, you know, you're hiding, you're holding it all in, and you got to let it out at the end. And it's kind of building and building until, you know, you're, you're at the end and you're in hiding, but you're, you're, you're yelling it out. You're screaming it out, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, he actually, he actually is yelling it out right before that. Um, maybe not as emphatically at the end, but he's still, you know, the first time he hits the chorus. I mean, that's, that's pretty emphatic. And then it hits that the part that you just talked about, talked about, where it just kind of dies back down. Yeah, you would you would think if you're if you're hiding, you would try to be quiet. But this is like yeah. something inside that needs to come out and needs to be heard. Yeah, it's almost like you, you know your inner monologue is is trying to tell you something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just I feel like in a lot of ways it's just you know kind of opening you to to be truthful with yourself. What's um. This is definitely a song that they need to play more, right? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no. they'll they'll bust it out again, especially since everybody has kind of been in hiding for a while in their homes and everything yeah. like that. And yeah, you think this would be kind of the the perfect song for him to you know just go into some monologue beforehand and then transition into it. But yeah, definitely you get the get the the ninety two number up there because. Yeah, I was really surprised that MFC was played 159 times. I I wouldn't have thought that MFC would have been more popular, but it does have that that intro they play sometimes to it as well. So then we're just about done. Then um, we're gonna wrap up. I'm gonna ask you: uh, Is there something you think that people listening should do to try to spread kindness or try to, uh, I guess, uh, share the light, as it were? Yeah, um, I don't know for my, it just depends on how deeply you feel about, you know, from my aspect, if if you're trying to help those through uh, the pandemic, you know, uh, I think food banks are a great thing to help out with right now, um, given all the unemployment that's resulted from this. And then from George Floyd's incident, which it, it really, it, there's just so many more before that. But, um, you know, there are a lot of groups out there, especially groups that I think um, need help with uh, with legal funding, because just because um, there are convictions out there doesn't mean that there's going to be jail time served. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily spreading kindness as a as a as a great way. But if you if you have things that you're trying to, to do to, to spread, a, you know, equality and you're trying to also help those that are in need. I think things like that are, are really important right now. Yeah, what's what's more kind than equality, right? Yeah, no, it's it's so important right now because both of these issues could could really, I think, split a lot of a lot of people. And right now, from what I see, maybe I, I don't know if anyone feels this way. It seems like it's bringing together a lot of people, and I hope that's mm-hmm. the case. Um, where it seems like it's more the majority are, are tired of this as opposed to. The other way around 
we've been shut up and in hiding for so long that, you know, this is a chance for everybody to kind of get together. And, you know, that's, I think one of the, one of the things that is the most painful, like psychologically and everything, it's why you throw people in solitary confinement is, is being alone and, and feeling like you're alone. So, I mean, this has kind of been forced on us and now this is kind of, I think why everybody's taking this opportunity to, to, to get out and to, and to speak out, to be with everybody and to, to show solidarity. Yeah, I agree. And I, I felt very alone at the beginning of this. I started working from home and, you know, in, in a lot of ways it's nice, but at the same time, it's, you know, you, you really are in, you're isolated in a lot of ways. And I had, I had a tough time with that. Um, but again, you know, I, I took a step back. I, I, Wanted to know, is there something I can do for myself to try and, and not feel as um, sad and isolated? And I, I did some things. And, you know, again, that's going back to the line um, at the end of the song, you know, I swallowed my breath and went deep. I was diving. I was diving. I surfaced and all around me was enlightened. So I think, I think a lot of us feel that way right now when we're, we're coming out of isolation and, and, and showing our solidarity together on on an issue that's been plaguing this country for centuries. Something I forgot to mention, but um, I think that, that uh, enlightened is sort of a, the uh, standard Eddie Vedder wordplay that you'll have, that it's not necessarily maybe spiritual enlightenment, but also like feeling lighter, mm-hmm. like feeling lightened, enlightened, and you yeah. know, not, like, not as much stuff is weighing you down or making you feel heavy yeah. as well. Yeah, it's like a having a eureka moments, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, Oh, I got it now. Yeah. I, I figured it out. And I don't know, maybe that, maybe, maybe the, uh, I'm no, uh, linguist, but maybe that's what the, uh, the origin of the word <laughs> is. Maybe that's kind of, you know, the, the, uh, uh, light lightening the, the heaviness of the spirit, yeah. you know, and is what enlightenment is or whatever like yeah. that. Yeah. Buddhism. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, Chris. And thanks for having me. Good talking with you. And always good talking, Pearl Jam. Hey, 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 yeah. Anybody else can always talk to me. You don't want to feel so low. <laughs> hint, hint. I got songs coming up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I, there, there's definitely a couple songs of binaural I, I would like to be on for if I can, if I can get those, but we'll see. One of them especially is, is hit pretty close, but. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll uh, we'll, we'll have you back. We'll talk. We'll, 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 we'll talk awesome. off air. We'll, we'll leave the. Uh, we won't have people. Okay. We won't show people how the sausage is made here on this show. But uh, you know, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Good talking <laughs> to you. Good talking with you. I'll have you back. Huh? Good to see you, Brandon. No, I really appreciate it. I love love coming on. Thanks for having me. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. 
If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Chris and as always, this is Brandon saying... Marge, we had a deal. Your sisters don't come here after six and I stop eating your lipstick.